and you have to be careful about this too because like, I have drawings of myself from like where I draw what my ideal future life looks like in the next few years and I've become that and I have those things that I drew and like I have all that and more but am I fulfilled and grateful and of course I am in Jesus but in the sense of like what else I want to accomplish on earth no that's just the beginning What's up, guys? Welcome back to the episode. This is episode 38. We have a very special guest that's never been on before, Kyle Stewart. <laughs> what episode is this, Kyle? Is this like third, fourth? I don't know how many it's I've been, done. It's been a few, but they're always good. So I'm like, like, yeah, I'm like a non-special. I'm like a in-between. I'm not a regular and I'm not a special You're guest. You're such a good guest. We had to keep You're just a guest. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a regular guest. Um, guys, before we get started, want to shout out Talking With Intention. They're another podcast. They shouted us out. Um, they're a great podcast. Two guys talking about intention so go go check them out <laughs> i uh, love listening to their podcast um and then also we're doing a, a hat giveaway so if you guys want to get a free hat go on our website and there'll be a button there that says what to say exactly click here to get a free hat yeah like <laughs> and you just have really to submit your email um <laughs> i set it up but not very well um so <laughs> we're gonna really scammy <laughs> make sure to click it <laughs> not a scam <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> Yeah, all I need to do is just put your email in there and uh, your credit card information <laughs> and your social security. Number. And then we're going to spin a wheel. And in two weeks time from today, I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> we will announce the winner on the podcast and reach out to you by email. So make sure you go do that. And the winner is Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Kyle, how has raising a family been in these these times? Um, it's crazy. <laughs> it it really is. Like I love my life, and I love like. Oh, you love your life, huh? I, well, actually, <laughs> actually <laughs> it's funny I hate my life. Like, yeah, no, it's funny you, you say that. Should die. <laughs> We're gonna react to a video called "How to Be Miserable for the Rest of Your Life." I want to finish hearing though. Uh, but yes, yeah. no, it's our world is changing so much every single day, and bringing up children in it uh, becomes more and more challenging. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, mine and Andrew's goal is to bring up our children in a way that is so unique and different than the world does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, like, it won't even, like, it won't be, they'll be so much more, uh, so different that it'll be <laughs> obvious um, that they're a follower of God. Uh-huh. And obviously it's their choice, and but we want to lead them into that. And, yeah. um, it, you know, just more and more, it's, the lines are becoming more and more uh, drawn of like What's what you we are. believe, yeah, and like what the world is preaching, and um, it's crazy out there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to get harder before <laughs> everything goes down. I was reading through. I finished Luke actually in the past week. Nice, thankfully, and then I finished Peter yesterday. But um, so or Second Peter, I mean, and so it's Luke twenty one. Um, 23 which says woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days for the there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people <laughs> what's he saying just like try to figure out when the end times are gonna mean don't have a baby yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally but andrew talks about that all the time she's like i don't want like at some point we gotta stop having babies <laughs> no <laughs> no well nice um so any other stories from the past week uh i finished mark this morning Nice. Um, thanks. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, who's Mark? Uh, he uh, <laughs> is a disciple of Peter. And Who is a disciple of? 
who is a disciple of Jesus, of Christ Amen. himself. And so, wait, why is he a disciple of Peter? Because he was just Peter's friend who kind of like basically Mark's gospel is just Peter's telling of the gospel to Mark. Yeah. Mm. Essentially, that's what, you know, biblical scholars believe. That's cool. <coughs> yeah. And at the end of Mark, um, so the way Mark leaves it off is that. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I left it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> no, I'm not going to look for it. But the way that Mark leaves it off is basically like <coughs> telling the story. Who unscrewed my pen? <laughs> no one unscrewed your pen. Oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> um, what the heck? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so the way that Mark finishes the gospel is with Mary, um, Mary Magdala. Is that how Mag- that one and um <laughs> and Martha going to the tomb of Jesus and, and Jesus's mother? Yeah, that's what I said. Mary and the other Mary. Oh, both yeah. Marys. And so, um, my pen is broken. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> an angel is there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Jesus, he came back from the dead, and he will meet you in Galilee." And then, how convenient. Yeah, and then it pr- and then it just ends with uh, the three ladies running away in fear, and then that's basically Mark's the way I understood it was it's Mark's way of understanding like who will tell the gospel now like hinting towards the audience is like who's gonna share the good news now, <laughs> you know, and then wink wink exactly, <laughs> and then there's like an excerpt after that in my version from um, later Greek uh, manuscripts that says like. <coughs> what happened to the disciples after that. But I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting how Mark talks to the audience saying like, now it's our it's, turn. Yeah. It's our duty. That's cool. It's a little off topic, but Peter had a really gruesome death. It's very off topic. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. guys, do you guys know how Peter died? No. Didn't he get hung upside down? Yeah. Because he didn't want to be cru- like dying the same way that Jesus did. Yeah. Cause he feels, he felt as if he wasn't worthy of it. So they hung him upside down on the cross. That's really sad. Crazy. Yeah. A lot of the disciples had pretty gruesome deaths. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Some of them were stoned. What did didn't Paul? Paul got stoned. I think he got stoned twice, <laughs> and like lived through it. Like they thought he was dead. Um, oh shoot! I it think. didn't work. I know he got Fixing. stoned at least once, and then like uh, Stephen got stoned too. But Stephen was like, "I'm out." My pen's cracked. You'd think those people Great. would be miserable, but they weren't because they had Jesus. Oh, so we're Boom. gonna segue onto the next topic <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> Aiden, wh- where'd you find this video? So I was roaming through YouTube. As one does. <laughs> as one, yeah, as I do, you know. And I saw this video, How to Be Miserable for the Rest of Your Life. Intriguing title. You know, <laughs> I had to click on it. And I did. So it's by this guy with the channel name Better Ideas. And so it's a short, basically a tutorial, more like a guide on what not to do, you know. Mm. Kind of, it's like satirical. Satirical, yeah. yeah. It's obviously satirical. He made another video like this, like how to lose all of your friends. Also a pretty good one. It's just a little bit longer. And so I figured I sent this to you guys, and I thought we could react to it because um, it's stuff that we see people doing, not just stuff outside of our group, but stuff that we might do as well, mm-hmm. you know? So I figured it well, might be nice. Well, stuff that we do. Like, yeah. Yeah, the day. But yeah. I, I, do, I do think, like, I don't think this guy's a Christian. No, he's I mean, not. He, he, um... I mean, he doesn't come across as it, yeah. you know. So, but disclaimer, 
but um, <laughs> we might have we to look. We might have to bleep some stuff. <laughs> no, but at the same traditions. time, he he's got a pretty clear idea of like, I think the reason he brings this up, and I guess we can talk about some more in the video, but is because a lot of people are living their life this way, mm-hmm. um, and we, I think, have a lot of tools to not live our lives this way mm-hmm. because we're Christians. So, anyway, that's so we, our, that's our wisdom. We're gonna, let's let's react to it, shall we? Let's do it. Here's a quick tutorial on how to be miserable for the rest of your life. Step one, wake up whenever you want to. Don't wake up at a reasonable hour, an hour that makes you feel good about yourself. Make sure you wake up when everyone has had a head start to the day. You really wanna make sure you feel like you've missed any chance to start your day off on the right foot. And when you get out of bed, don't make your bed and don't shower. Just wear whatever you wore yesterday and head downstairs. It's important that you start the day off with little to no- (laughs) So when do you guys usually get up? Uh, this is actually something I'm glad <laughs> this in the video. I'm glad we're talking about this. Because, <laughs> like, I've been getting in the habit of waking up early to the point where I wake up before my alarm. So my alarm is the Five Nights at Freddy's jump scare noise. <laughs> and it wakes the, it scares the crap out of me every morning. And so I've gotten into the habit of, like, waking up before it so I'm not scared by it. <laughs> Scott, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and so, but, yeah, before that, <laughs> it's like waking up whenever I wanted to, you Yeah. Know? And it's like really annoying because it, it's like exactly what he said. Everyone else has had a head start to the day. And well, not everyone, but all the people that are successful. Yeah. <laughs> Besides all the other miserable people. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfgang, yeah. when do you usually get up? Um, depends on what's going on the next day. <laughs> um, and it depends on what I'm doing that night. Because, um, for instance, I work three days a week until 11. Yeah. And so I'm not going to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning after I just went to bed at 11.30 because mm-hmm. that is very annoying and I'm not Matthew. Um, <laughs> well, Matthew Matthew goes to bed at like 9 and then wakes up at like 5.30, mm-hmm. but um, it's good for him. <laughs> but my schedule is kind of all out of whack. If I end up going to bed by like 9.30, 10, um, I'll still wake up at 6.30 to 7.30 nice. on average. So I'm not, I'm not a complete bum, I promise. But <laughs> Kyle, yeah. what about you? Uh, I usually wake up at, well, on the weekdays, I wake up at five, um, cause I got a, I got stuff to do, you know? How hard was it to get into that habit of waking up at five? Super, super difficult. It took me a few years to really get to the point where it, like, it's natural. I was steady at it. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still wake up to an alarm. I use the, uh, the Apple like sleep time. Oh yeah, me too. Because those <laughs> sounds are like so gentle and lovely. <laughs> I need to change it actually. Cause I've gotten so used to it. Like the first ding I wake up, but, um. Yeah, I wake up at five because I I like to pray and read my Bible, and then I go to the gym, make breakfast, and I got to get it to work by nine, which I'm pretty. That's awesome. A lot of times I'm like barely there before nine, but yeah, I think I skipped over this, but I wake up at like seven <coughs> on weekdays and wake up at eight on weekends. Yeah, it's usually seven o'clock for me, maybe seven thirty. It's I can sleep in a little bit, but nice. No self-respect, feeling as grimy as possible. Step two. Make sure your house is always a complete disaster. Your house is filled with many rooms, each with a specific purpose. You want to make sure that it's extremely difficult to accomplish those purposes. <laughs> the pigsty will also help subconsciously reinforce the idea we, that you're a disorganized end, person okay. whose life is not in order. This is an extremely important belief to have when trying to remain miserable. Step three. Per- yeah, so stop that. Um, I've seen houses where there's just stuff Every star. <laughs> Usually, I, yeah, go ahead. The people that are in the house, typically they're depressed. It's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, 
I can't even move in this house. <laughs> they did a press. They're like super genius. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't have time to do it. Or they're hoarders. Yeah, that happens yeah. a lot too. Is they just they want all their stuff, but then they don't do anything with the stuff. They just want it. But now for my life, it's just been so helpful having an organized space, and you know where to put stuff, so it's like not hard to organize it, and it just makes it seem like you can work in an environment where you're not like constantly being influenced by disaster around yeah. you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the times your your <coughs> kind of your house reflects your headspace in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like if your house is completely cluttered and disgusting, your mind is not going to be clear mm-hmm. and being able to kind of think through everything properly. And so that's why I try to keep my space as long as I'm in it, you know. Because a lot of the times I'm not in my room. Like it's pretty rare to see me in my room these days just because I'm always doing something. But if I am in my room, I'm typically cleaning it. So mm-hmm. that way if you if you're sitting in your room and it's not clean, your your headspace is probably not gonna be clean yeah. either. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard my dad say when I was younger, like, Our God is a god of order. <laughs> like when the room's messy, he'd always bring that up. <laughs> totally. I think he's touching on he's kinda painting a picture here, right? Of like this um like the environment you're in and he's actually touching on a lot of different and he'll touch on some more too. different aspects of health. Um, that like our health goes a lot deeper than just like what we eat, mm-hmm. um, and what we do physically, it goes into environmental, right? Um, the environment around us affects how we think about ourselves, how we, um, like interact with our, our day. And then also, like you said, the, I love his line on the first step, like, you have no self-respect for yourself and that totally just plays into it. Like you're just basically <laughs> imagine your house and you are a mess. You're thinking of yourself as just a dirt bag. Yeah. And like the more you think of yourself like that, That's the more deserve, it's, yeah. yeah, probably like you're going to feel horrible. So clean your rooms, kids. <laughs> <laughs> or you will be miserable. Procrastinate. When the thought dawns on you to do something productive, like clean your disgusting kitchen, just ignore that feeling. After all, you just woke up, and you have so much time later in the day to get that done. You want to get in the habit of delegating all your life's problems to the future version of yourself, who will probably have a lot more motivation and energy than you do right now. Step four, look busy. This is like... I think the biggest one. It leads to all the other ones, too. We all have this problem. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody does. Yeah. I've gotten a lot, I mean, it's a lot harder if you don't, like, if you have all this messy stuff, you almost have to, like, just spend a week just to get everything in order and then start Mm -hmm. doing it, because unless you have, like, a habits already set in place, it's, like, there's too much to do, and you have to procrastinate everything. Yeah, because there's certain things where it's, like, you're doing this one thing, and if you don't do that one thing, you're going to procrastinate it. Mm-hmm. But because you're doing that one thing, you're procrastinating another thing. Yeah. So, like, a one schoolwork assignment, you could be using that to lay off another schoolwork assignment that you're procrastinating from. So it's – I'm not saying that people are just sitting on their phones doing nothing all day. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like sometimes that does happen. And other times it's because you have multiple things going on and you have to procrastinate one in order to get another done. And procrastination isn't bad in some scenarios. Like sometimes you want to procrastinate doing something because something else is more important in the moment or right yeah, now. And I don't think that's really procrastination. That's true. I think it's that's prior that's prioritizing. Yeah, yeah, prioritizing the right things. But and this will tie into well, we, we'll see if we get to that question, but uh just distractions. Yeah. And temptations. I think those are like Again, he's, like, sitting there looking at his phone, like, 
typically when I procrastinate, even at work sometimes when I procrastinate, I'm like, oh, I got to call this client back and they're going to be so mad because of something. And I'm like, I wonder what's on ESPN right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, I have the, all my hours to do that. I yeah. can just wait. I think this is the leading cause of people not reading their Bibles is they think there's always something better to do than reading their Bible. Um, yeah. So. After you sit down to do some work, open up a Word document to help yourself feel like you're being productive. Give your document a nice title and then immediately open up Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter just to check if you missed anything. You see, it doesn't really matter what you do. As long as you're sitting on your desk and that Word document is open, it'll help trick your conscience into thinking you're doing work, but you won't be getting any further in life. <laughs> Step five, wait for opportunity. I mean, that's kind of what we just talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, distractions, <coughs> procrastination. Yeah. Fillers. Never be proactive with finding new opportunities to grow your career or meet new people. Wait for all of that to come knocking on your door. After all, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You'll meet the girl of your dreams one day and things will kind of just work out. You'll probably also land your dream job if you just wait long enough. Anyways, the important thing is to not take action. Don't try to figure out the most effective way to get what you want. Just Wait until things work out. Step six. Be I think that's a big problem that we have. We think that things are just going to fall in our laps and that a lot of the times, and it does happen, that God will just bring certain things into our lives like the perfect girl or the perfect job. And in reality, that might not be even the plan that God has for But that's you. not you doing nothing. That's you pursuing him and in a result. Well, but yeah, you're not pursuing. I'm yeah. saying like some people, they sit there and they go, oh, God will get, bring the girl of my dreams to me. God will give me the job of my dreams. And that's not always true. And that's the thing is that your dreams are very different from God's dreams very time, mm-hmm. a lot of the times. God's dreams for you, that is. Because he knows what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you as much as you might think so. You don't. And that's the problem. And so you got to look into that. You got to say, hey, God, I want you... If it's your will to give me the perfect girl, if it's your will, give me the dream or the job that you want me to have and help me go to which college I want to go yeah. to or whatnot, where I'm going to spread your word the most. I, th- I think like for me, that. the biggest thing in this is waiting for the perfect opportunity to share the gospel when really it's all the time and it's not ever going to be a perfect situation. I mean, maybe there is, but like there's never a perfect situation to share the gospel and you almost have to start and engage in that for that to building into something. It's not going to be like someone walking up to you randomly like, hey, lead me to Jesus, please. It's like, you got to take initiative and do it. Yeah, um, and you got to ask yourself like, am I pursuing happiness or am I pursuing God? You know, because obviously Christians are happy most of the time because of what we do in our faith, but Christianity is not a perfect walk, right? We have to take up our cross, and it's excruciating. It's where the word excruciating comes from, crucifix, you know? And so it's not something pretty. It's not something that's always going to be super happy, but it's stuff that we deal with because we know it's for the greater good of our, I guess you could say, second life. And that's why I think progressive (laughs) Christianity, it tries to make the Christian walk easy, and there's not going to ever be any conflicts. You don't have to disagree with anything. Everything's just there. Everything's just easy, and you can just feel good about yourself. When, yeah, in reality, what you're saying is there will be persecution. There will be things that you don't want to do. Um, and, I mean, even Jesus wept, right? He's, it, was, it was so agonizing. He cried blood or something like that. I don't know how that yeah. works exactly. Yeah, he's but sweat. <coughs> yeah, sweating sweat blood. blood. And th- I think that um, that ties in pretty perfectly to, like, w- 
our faith requires effort mm-hmm. and um, it requires action. Just like, you know, all those things. It, I think if you just wait around and you're hoping like, you know, I'm just going to, my, my relationship with God's just going to get better. Like I'm going to have a deeper <laughs> relationship with God tomorrow. Like just because like, you know, I'll just wait on it. He'll pursue me. And, and there's a difference between like waiting on God and just like not taking any action ever. Um, and you'll hear God, you'll hear the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you to do something like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Or that's not the Holy Spirit. Or that's not what I should do. And sometimes it's, it's just like that. You're like yeah. staring at your phone and you're like, oh, I should probably do it now. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it is, that's an example of us being stone hearted. Right. And, um, we see Selfish, that. Yeah. yeah. We see that in Mark, the disciples are on the boat when Jesus walks out on the lake um, to help them because the winds were so strong they couldn't paddle, right? And they thought Jesus was a ghost because their hearts had been made stone-like. And it's in the same way, we have to be ready for, we have to listen for God to speak if we want God to speak to us, you know? Mm. And so I think that's yeah, where I see the connection. Not listening. Yeah, that's where I see the connection with being proactive in that step, you know? So yeah. Nice. Any other words on this? No. No. Cool. Default no. When a friend asks you to go out for a drink, just say no. After all, you're super busy these days and have a lot of work to do. When your boss gives you the opportunity to lead a meeting at work, try to find an excuse to slink out of it. The key here is to give everyone the impression that they should just let you do your own thing. Be so good at saying no that people just stop asking you to do anything. Step seven, be suspicious. Um... Yeah, I think involvement with other people, like lack of involvement with other people is a great way to kind of lose friends, especially, and that would make your life a lot more miserable. I definitely Mm -hmm. think that's a good one. Um, Just cut everyone out of your life. I think the biggest thing besides Jesus in my life has been the community, the logic behind me to think, say yes to most opportunities that come my way. Um, and that, I kind of got that from yes theory, yes theory, shout out yes theory, but just saying yes to things you're uncomfortable with and things that you really don't think you should be like, not things you shouldn't be doing, but things you don't really want to do or things that are hard. It always leads to adventures or growth or cool experiences that grow you as a person. And obviously don't say yes to everything, (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but say yes to the things that you think will build you as a person that are hard, um, and opportunities because that's what's really grown my business to where it is now it's just saying yes to like even if i'm not making money saying yes to doing things that i know will just grow my skill set as well yeah continue i agree just of people never give people the benefit of the doubt believe that everyone basically just wants to take advantage of you and because of this you should be guarded and put up walls to protect yourself emotionally assume the smiles people give you are fake and that their motives are malevolent step eight never fix the things you just Okay, so I like this one a lot because um, so we can't assume that people have bad intentions towards us, right? Um, gosh, I wish I remembered where we read it, but at breakfast one morning, um, one thing that Dan said that stuck out to me was like, what can man do to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like even when people do have bad intentions towards one another, towards us as Christians, like what's the worst that can happen? You know, it's like my feelings shouldn't be hurt because I'm not being condemned. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we have to put this in perspective because yeah, they can ruin your life in the sense of you could they could burn your house down. You have nothing left yeah. on earth. Yeah, but, but then in the broad sense, that doesn't matter really to us, right? Exactly. So yeah. Jesus says not to fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who could kill the body and then cast it into hell. That's mm-hmm. what it was, which is God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly am pretty guilty of this. Um, I'm super skeptical all the time with people. And, um, it's, I think we have to be cautious about it. Yeah. I mean, you still should be. And the truth is like most non-Christians, even Christians, like I, I view people as like, they are in it a lot of times for their own gain, but it's being open and I'd say still loving them like Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm super suspicious. I mean, even like I have a, a good buddy, well, I'd like him to be a closer friend of mine in this church who, when I first met him, I was like, I don't think this guy likes me. Like he's totally just like, I, like I, I had some preconceived notions about him. Cause I was just like suspicious, you know, I was just like, this guy's just not cool. Um, and the other night him and I were talking and he like said a few things and I was like, we could be best friends. <laughs> and, uh, so I felt really bad and we actually, and he was like, Hey man, can I get your number? Like we need to hang out more. And I was like, yes, Nice. new friend um <laughs> but it just shows like when you approach with that attitude it automatically it does make you miserable like i'm like sitting there like i have no friends because i've shut people off mm-hmm. because i don't trust them so well i mean so certain instances we do need to be a little bit suspicious especially like jesus with uh Judas and whatnot. Yep. I mean, Jesus knew it was going to happen, and he still let it happen. But Jesus, we can see he how still he treated him. Judas. And he and let him sit there at the table with him. Yeah, his yeah. group, yeah. And he knew that that was going to happen, and yet he still sat with him and ate with him. You yeah. wouldn't be here without Judas. True that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Judas. <laughs> Step eight. Never fix the things you dislike about yourself. Continue to engage in activities that make you feel subhuman and weak. Never prove to yourself that you can overcome obstacles or better yourself. Never attempt to transcend your vices or change your lifestyle for the better. Subscribe to the idea that people can't change, so you shouldn't try. Step 9. That's one big thing that I always try in my life is always improving yesterday's self. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing for me. I think it's hard for us to get to a certain point where like, yeah, I'm good enough now. I don't have to really work on that. Like for me, it's working out. Like I get to a certain like... Thing. Like, yeah, this is okay. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> and they'll take the wrong attitude to have at it. Like, obviously, you don't need to like push it harder and harder, but just even just to maintain like a certain mental and physical status, you got to keep doing it. You can't just like stop. Yeah, let it go. I would say it's more difficult for us to subscribe to that idea that people can't change because when we submit our will to that of God, we are like reborn. You mm-hmm. know. So I don't. I mean. Yeah, we change one like a full hundred. Yeah, it's degrees. huge. I I totally agree with that, <coughs> and um, that's the thing. Like we we should always be going to God, asking Him to change the things that we don't like about ourselves. Like in that video, it shows like He's buying booze. Like I don't know what the heck He's smoking, um, <laughs> but you know He shows like a laptop in the dark, which we all know what that means. Um, and all of these things, I think we often get in this mindset that like people like their addiction and people like they find comfort in it. Yeah. yeah. All those things. But the truth is like, it makes you feel horrible. And unless you take action to change it. And the truth is we can't, it's almost impossible to change it without 
God. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly believe, and I, I don't know this from, uh, I do have a little bit of experience, but I honestly believe that people who don't have God and like have an addiction and then they're like, I broke free from my addiction. It's usually because it's been replaced by something else. Um, and it may not be as like physically unhealthy, but it may be spiritually unhealthy. Well, ideally it's replaced by God. And, and yeah, so, for us, like yeah. God can actually, and we'll, again, this will kind of tie into some of the Q and a stuff, but, um, God gives us the strength to overcome those things, especially the stuff that we don't like about ourselves. That's awesome. Yeah. And I definitely agree with the, uh, the premise that Aiden brought up, which is like, we know that we can change. And because I'm a living testimony to change, especially, and I know that, like, if I didn't know God and I didn't discover him, um, that I would not be the same man that I am today. And I know that that was a change that was for the better, for sure. And so I think that's definitely something that, that was a good point. Aiden. Appreciate it. Yeah, new nice. creation. Focus on things you can't control. As often as possible, get pissed off at the traffic, the government, the pandemic, you really want to reinforce the idea that the world is messed up and there's nothing you can do about it. Focus on the shortcomings of others, the failings of your country, and the state of the economy. Maintain a constant external locus of control over all the events in your life. This will really help you feel powerless. And if you're trying to be miserable, that's perfect. Step 10. So I do agree with the concept of that the world is messed up. But the second part, that you can't do anything about it, is incorrect. Mm -hmm. We all have power to change things in the world. And the way that you change things, hopefully, is through Christ. Um, But we all do have power to change the world. Well, it's like that butterfly effect, too, that people Mm -hmm. talk about. It's like if even you smiling at someone can just have a huge impact on that person, that can have an impact on the next person. So it doesn't have to be you being the president of the United States for you to change the world. You can change the world through small things every day in small situations, which is always hard to think about, but just it's click. the reality of it. Um, well, I mean, I'm just going to delegate that responsibility to my future self. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, this, I see this so much in my generation. I, I guess I'm technically a millennial. Um, and ugh, my gen, yeah, I know they're the worst. <laughs> they're, so, they're, they're like worse than boomers. Um, but, <laughs> The the whole thing with um, focusing on like it's not me, it's my environment is keeping me down, mm-hmm. and I see it all the time where people are like, "Oh well, you know, I would be richer if it wasn't for you know the government holding me debt back or whatever, like whatever it is," um, and it's just a constant, constant like drag. These yeah. taxes, they're pinning me down to the ground. I can't do anything. <laughs> Screw the IRA. <laughs> Use fear as motivation. Make the fear of negative consequence your primary motivator for everything you do. Set up deadlines that frighten you and punish yourself for failing to meet them. Use white-knuckle tactics to force yourself into productivity and remind yourself constantly that your entire life could fall apart if you don't keep your head above water. <laughs> Step 11, only... I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my opinion. I, I mean, the way, but honestly, using... First of all, like, biblically speaking, like, we shouldn't be motivated by fear except for the fear of God. Yeah. But everything else should be done um, out of trust for God, you know? And Peace that... And patience. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Proverbs 1.7 says that the, f- the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So fear of the Lord is good. 
fear of worldly things like deadlines and time, it's not necessarily always going to be beneficial. But yeah. there are certain benefits. It goes back to, to it. there's nothing for us to really fear except yeah. for God. And it puts you in a state of stress too. And I think that's kind of what he's getting at is like, even if you get the stuff done that you want to get done because you're setting deadlines and, and using fear as motivation, you're going to be miserable all the time because yeah. you're going to be like, ah, ah, like stressed out trying mm-hmm. to figure out like how to get stuff done. So. And what would you be your quickest definition of the fear of God? Because I think a lot of people misinterpret that. To me, it's understanding that I don't fully understand God. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I know that I'm saved because of what Jesus did for me. But I should, like, God is so big and so powerful, and he is so holy, and I am so unworthy of God's love. Um, that should scare you. Depart from me, Lord. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the, um, um, who was it? Who said, depart, Lord, depart from me? I think Peter. most of the time he was like, depart from me, Satan. No, it was... Same thing. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. It's like complete opposite. <laughs> My Bible actually just uses those interchangeably. <laughs> and Satan said unto them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do what is comfortable. Let your comfort zone be the authority on what you do and don't do. If it's not comfortable, don't do it. Avoid discomfort at all costs and participate only in activities that are familiar and effortless. Don't concern yourself with gaining fresh perspectives or novel experiences. Stay in your lane, operate in your wheelhouse. Step 12, believe. I think this is the thing that leads to all of these things. And I think, because yeah, you just want to be comfortable and do what's comfortable in the moment. Mm-hmm. But when you do these, the thing, the opposite of what he's saying, that can actually lead to comfort more in the long term in you a way. Luke, this is like the fourth thing that you said. I think this is the thing for all the other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all kind of like connect into one thing. Yeah. yeah. But discomfort, <laughs> discomfort le- it's a catalyst for growth. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like saying yes to things mm-hmm. that you're uncomfortable doing led to like bettering your business. Yeah. Um, it's how muscles grow. Do you know that? So <laughs> you got to rip them. Yeah. yeah. So the fibers tear and then when they grow back, they're stronger. They, yeah, they're stronger. Yeah, what's it's something somewhere in James. I can't find it right now. <laughs> While you're looking for it, I want to go back to what um, Kyle said about the last step, and it was about um, it was yeah, about like always being in a state of distress, right? And when you're always in that state of distress, <coughs> but you're always in your comfort zone and you're always like procrastinating, it's like the state of stress is continuous, and that's m- true misery. Ah, it's awesome. <laughs> I know this guy really nailed like how to make your life suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. James one, two says, Con- consider it pure joy. My brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect or sorry, perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And that was actually James two through one, two through four. Um, and the reason why I bring that one up is because the more that you get faced with hard times, the more you get faced with trials, it says in the end that you will lack nothing, which means that in, by the end of it, you'll, uh, you'll be facing every single hard time, every single problem that you could, and that nothing will be uncomfortable for you. So do you think that verse is achievable in the sense of we can do it before we're in heaven? Or is that just the ultimate goal we're trying to always work towards? Well, I'm sure there are certain people who might just be uncomfortable with doing or sorry, sorry, comfortable with doing everything. 
The saying you lack nothing is almost claiming you're something more than human in my well, mind in a way. And and I think that this is like letting God do his perfect work That's within what I was us. Say, yeah. You know, like we when we are fully in communion with God, we lack nothing. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we have access to that through our inheritance in Jesus. Uh we just don't take hold of it. And I do think it's achievable. It's a command in the Bible to be perfect. We talked about the well, I don't think I talked about it, but it was a question a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um and this is a constant I've had this argument with many other Christians where it's like, well, you you know, we should be able to be perfect. And I'm like, Yeah, but do you, th- I'm do also you think the main human, do you so. sub like think things on that dividing is like we're perfect through Jesus and because of what he did. And then I think there's also people like we can fulfill or do things like do works to become perfect in a sense, but those no. two kind of like work together. Yeah. I think that way, it's, it's totally Jesus, right? Yeah. It's all Jesus. And we also like the works that we do are like the Bible says like filthy rags, mm-hmm. you know? And so those aren't going to make us any more perfect at the end of the day. It's more and more submission to Jesus and he perfects us. It's, it requires effort to submit to Jesus. So yeah. there's still effort on our part. But it's not me going out and being like, well, I gave everything I have to the poor. And like the rich young ruler, ruler, right? He couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with him not being perfect. It had to do with his heart. And at the, that's only Jesus can change that. Yep. Nice. All right. Continuing. You're special. Behave like you're entitled to things on the basis that you're just different than everyone else. Assume that the people that have what you want in life just don't deserve it as much as you do. Always regard yourself as talented, unique, one of a kind. This will really help you develop an outsider complex, which will make it difficult to open up to other people or see things from their perspective. But since you don't want to do any of that uncomfortable stuff anyways, that's perfect. Again, Step- he really nailed how to have the worst life. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a superiority complex would definitely tie that all together like a little... Bow on a well, no, it's an, it's an outsider complex because that too. it's yeah. saying that he doesn't want to open up, or it's saying that whoever has an outsider complex does not want to open up to anyone because he, they're just built different. Well, <laughs> and he said in there like, "You're you're not one of a kind." I guess would be the way of like translating it, and we are one of a kind. Um, but that doesn't mean you're better than the other. Yeah, but one we're of all kinds. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the entitlement attitude that comes with it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we are unique, we are special. We do have each have unique talents that mm-hmm. God gave us, and seeing it in that light of like God created me that way is totally different than uh, He nails it when He's like that. You should have um, what you other deserve, people, yeah, you deserve, what yeah, other and you deserve have. it more than them. Yeah. That's why I said the superiority complex. Like they have it, and. They don't have it for a good reason. You deserve that more than that. Yeah. And that's one of the Ten Commandments, like wanting what your neighbor has, right? Yeah. yeah. In a sense. Envy. To that. Cool. 13. See life not as it is, but how you wish it to be. Daydream of a day where things are better. Fantasize about a life where all your problems are gone. You want to make sure you mentally escape as much as possible to distract you from the obstacles in front of you. Pour your mental energy not into fixing your problems or improving yourself, but into building up this fantasy to be as detailed as possible. Reflect daily about what you would buy if you won the lottery or became a celebrity. Constantly compare your life to this fiction and become resentful at the juxtaposition. Okay, so... So, if suffering is what you're after and you crave the daily strife, then you're in luck. Because if you follow this advice, okay, just you'll be miserable right for the rest of your life. 
So I actually think that last piece is really good. I really good. Um, is that advice. the catalyst for the rest of them? Like in, Luke would say. Well, in terms <laughs> this of is like, really the the <laughs> you should make like a plan for your life that is a betterment of what you are currently in now. But instead of just spending all your time and effort on thinking and imagining and fantasizing about it, what you should do is pursue that in every way possible. And don't just look at the end goal, but look at every single step point going up to that point um, because that is what's going to get you there. And so I don't, I kind of disagree with that one, making your life miserable, um, except for the way that he would say to implement it. But I do think that, that can be helpful is thinking through your life and going, hey, if I want to get to this end goal, what are the steps I need to take? And then how am I going to take those steps? Well, yeah. the reason the reason I would agree with what he's saying is because it ties back to not taking action. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's what I was saying. The way you go about it versus like the concept. Yeah, I know. It it's itself. just like the, the, the not taking action was like the other step, you know? Yeah. And the reason daydreaming about it, like he talks about it, how it makes you miserable in the now is because you're ungrateful, mm-hmm. right? When you're looking at, Everybody has done this. Think about what you would do if you won the lottery. You immediately become ungrateful for everything you have, like every single part of your life right now, because you're thinking of how much better it would be if this happened, right? And so it puts you in the state of like, if you're thinking about that all the time, just the idea of like why my life should be better and how it could be better, and then you're not really appreciating life that you live yeah and and i do i do agree with you like you should be you should have goals and you should have a sequential um like strategic way to achieve those goals for sure and you have to be careful about this too because like i have drawings of myself from like where i draw what my ideal future life looks like in the next few years and i've become that and i have those things that i drew and like i have all that and more but am i fulfilled and grateful and of course i am in jesus but in the sense of like what else i want to accomplish on earth no that's just the beginning yeah so you're 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 your dream self or your dream life is always going to keep changing when you achieve things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I want to make a hundred grand this year. And then you do that and you're like, well, that's not enough. I'm going to make more. So it's just like, it never, that well, that's just without, because of inflation. Yeah. Without having Jesus to fulfill you in your life, you're never going to be fully fulfilled in this no, world. No, I agree. Yeah. I never thought about it. And you got to think about it that there's always going to be changes in your life. There's yeah. always going to be curveballs, things that, don't go your way. And you got to think about, it's kind of like in a, in a debate, let's say. You always got to think about what the other thing could happen, what arguments the other side could use. So that way you can counter it and already have mm-hmm. been planned for it. And so let's say like you put two grand aside in case your car has a problem or, I don't know, 15 grand aside in case you end up having a heart attack and you got to go to the hospital or something. Just things like that because it's never going to be like, okay, this year I'm going to make a million dollars. Everything's going to go perfectly. Mom's not going to die. And then we're going to be okay from there. And, and I struggle with that in a sense because <laughs> in the Bible it says like, don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today and God will take care of the rest. So what, what's your guys' kind of interpretation of that? I think you we have to be good stewards. And I think being a good steward is like being prepared for those things. Yeah. Well, I think that thinking about the future is good because if there's one thing that Satan can mess with, he can't mess with the past. It's pretty hard for him to mess he with. He can the use the past, though, really. Yeah, he can use mm-hmm. the past, but he can't uh, f- change, he can't it. change it. the yeah. past. And so he's going to use the future at any given point to try to even just like slightly tap your way off course to where you're not with God or you're not doing things for God. Like, for instance, I 
I'm not sure if this is true, but I've read a thing where it's like, if we see a meteorite coming at Earth like a couple hundred million light years away, we can now just send out a little beam of light and it's just going to ever so slightly hit it to where it will completely miss us entirely. That's crazy. I'm not sure if that's true. That's what I heard from myself. <laughs> that's what my science teacher told me. That's what a science teacher told me. Yeah. First uh, Timothy 6 says, uh, true religion brings great riches, but only to those who are content with what they have. And so it comes back to, gosh, it was what Kyle said earlier, and I Being wanted to talk. grateful for what you have in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Being grateful. I think the main thing just being being comfortable in any situation because you have Jesus. No, you need to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Only. Stay out of the comfort zone, Luke. <laughs> well, you, need to be, you need to be comfortable with uncomfortable situations. Yes. And you're comfortable because you know you have Jesus and nothing can harm you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, that's, and I, the whole, like, um, you know, not worrying about tomorrow because God will, will provide. That's exactly it. This is by, you can look at, like Wolfgang was saying, you can look at your life and the future of your life and say, I have a plan for that and I can trust God to get me to where I want to be. Or you can look at your life and say, I will never get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're so worried about each and every day coming because you have no hope in Christ. Um, and when we fully trusting God, then yeah, what happens tomorrow doesn't matter. I mean, it really doesn't matter what happens in your life if you don't believe in Christ because, I mean, in God at least, because in the very end, what what's it all mean? What's it all worth? Exactly. I think, I think this guy would be a really cool Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Better, better, better ideas. Yeah. Okay. All right. This video was sponsored by (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we are actually on Audible, so go check out Audible. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we sneak it in. (laughs) Yes. Um, Cool. So what are we thinking here? We're gonna do a couple of questions. Better ideas, guy. Um, thank you. Obviously, you're from Canada, uh, based off of everything in your videos. But I thought I mean I thought the um (laughs) the scenery was pretty cool, especially the one with the um the fairy, you know, when he's sitting on the rock, it's pretty cool. Yeah. How's the tyranny over there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't blame things on the government. But hey, uh, thanks for the video. That's just a theory. We'd love to chat with you with you sometime. Oh, Phil. And uh, <laughs> check out the Bible. Kyle's, Kyle's trying to get him on the podcast, bro. <laughs> he's only got two million views. It's not like it's like Justin Bieber or something. You know? He's on par with us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll mention, mention us in his next video. Um, which question should we answer? Um, we had a lot of questions. We're just going to do one. Do yeah. the, you want to do the next episode? Will be a Q and A episode. Hey yeah. guys, answers yeah. to all the questions. God knows your heart. So we're going <laughs> to yeah. let him Look, take care of this one. Just pray about it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we answer the question from Felix <coughs> Ilarietti? We all think. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was trying to say his last name properly. Larietti. Do y'all think, think that we are in a generation with full of distractions? Luke. I didn't type this. I copy and pasted <laughs> okay. it. Okay. It, you know, yeah. it could have been a typo. Uh, he's got a pretty exotic last name, so maybe it's a uh, you know difference in language or How something like that. His maid messed up when he spoke it to You're her. You're butchering my beautiful <laughs> language. He put it in Google Translate and then pasted <laughs> it. It's a possibility. Um. So anyway. Yes. Next we question. Are, are we in a generation full of distractions? Yes. Yes. Amen. Name, <laughs> some, name some distractions for me. Uh, dude, 
I know. They are <laughs> endless. Did, they are endless. Okay. Did technology did. I'll answer right like after I uh, respond <laughs> to this text message. I got a few TikToks to watch too. 500 hours of content are uploaded to YouTube every minute, I believe. So, so that much. There's <laughs> kind of like a paradox. That's not possible. Of time. <laughs> it is. It's like everyone's earth like just video just it's just yeah. uh, how does that mean, how many there are so are many distractions how many other podcasts are being recorded right now i know <laughs> don't watch them though because they suck yeah only watch <laughs> this one we come out on tuesdays hey, no, no no watch watch uh that one from the beginning yeah amen podcast and the one that mentioned us the two dudes talking with intention talking, talking with, with intention, intention. <laughs> not talking about intention luke well they talk about living intentionally yeah. Living intentionally. <laughs> yeah. That's but the intro. That's what he says in the intro. It's like, we're going to talk about living with intention. Yeah. I think the dis- it ties in perfectly with that video, right? Like, the more distracted you are from pursuing God and doing productive things in your life, the less initiative, you- ah, the less initiative you'll take. Which means you'll wake up like a bum and not clean your house. Mm-hmm. I think that it has a lot to do with short-term versus long-term like gratification. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that could be a whole other topic that we discuss. We have but in the past. But a lot of the time, people are going to sit there and go, well, what makes me happy now? What can get my mind off of like that thing that's stressing me out? Mm-hmm. And this is all going to lead back to staying away from God mostly because God is always a person of action. He's always a person of character. And they build, he builds you up. And that's the thing, is that if you are not doing the things that you need to do in your life, God will abandon you. It says in Romans 1 that he will give people up to their own desires if they do not pursue the correct things. And so if you are not, it's also, um, I forget what the parable is, but it's talking about the guy who had the wages, the 100-day wages, and then it he turns it into tenfold, another guy turns it into fivefold, and then... The last guy just puts it in a bank account. But, or no, he just, he just buries, it, yeah, he ground, just buries yeah. it and then brings it back and says, I have nothing. And then he steals it from or the rich young ruler or whoever it was. He takes it from him. And he says all that even have like nothing basically will be taken from it. And that's talking about his second Well, it's not coming. the rich young ruler, but yeah, it's kind of the concept. Yeah, of it. it's not the rich young ruler, but it's a ruler that wasn't that the guy didn't want to become ruler. And so, um, well, he, so that guy gives him the money. Let and me then find the parable. It's <laughs> the most confusing Jesus. way that story's ever been told. <laughs> no, he. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> he takes it back because he says, "Why didn't you at least put it in the bank yeah. where I could have gained interest?" Yeah. And he's like, "You knew that I reap where I did not sow, yeah. um, and so you should have been prepared for this, basically." But yeah. the guy was instead of living in producing fruit mm-hmm. he hid away what he had out of fear yeah it says i tell you that everyone who has more shall be given but from the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away yeah and so that kind of ties into that yeah like if you don't do like the right things with what god has given you he'll take it away and that's just kind of how i that I think it's I think it's referring to how like Jesus has given us all this stuff and when he comes back if we didn't use it properly we lose it. And then, well, yeah. yeah. And, and and in a practical and sense I could be wrong. Like with distractions it, how easy is it for you to look down at your phone or like you know on a computer or something Pretty like easy. that. I just did it. That yeah and then <laughs> the next time you look up it's been like 30 minutes and you're like whoa I don't get those 30 minutes back. Yeah, it's like time dilation. Yeah. <laughs> 
It, it, it actually feels like it. Yeah. It's incredible. Time yeah. is the most valuable currency that we have. So. I mean, it's how ironic is it that the thing that sucks us in is not one long-term thing, but just like thousands of little like minute-long videos about something that we will never even retain the information yeah, for. Exactly. I mean, the amount of TikToks or <laughs> reels or whatever you want to call them, shorts, how many of those do you guys actually remember out of... Like, out if he told me to tell him you, like, the last five I watched, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Out of 100, how many do you think you might remember the next day? I take very small amounts of information. <laughs> from yeah, probably there. three. Three? Like yeah, the three most funny ones will, will be the ones that I remember. <laughs> well, and I'm then saying. he'll show them to us when we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. when we hey, get look together. Look at this meme. <laughs> yeah. I think we also just need to say that like, you can't always be on the constant grind because that is also a way to be miserable if you're always working super hard on... Yeah, you have to reward yourself for the small victories, too. Well, and we also have to rest. That's what the Sabbath was for. Yeah, yeah it's that's like what I said. <laughs> reward with rest, rest in oh, Christ. Okay. Yeah, it's a reward because <laughs> oh, here it was, Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. Mm. You know, so. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Preach. All right, guys, with that being said, uh, make sure you um, clean your room and <laughs> have a have a great day. Thank or you, Cal, for being be on. Depressed. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> if you guys are um, depressed, well, go to church. Sucks. And go from there. Read your Bibles if you're bored. And if you're bored, make sure you sign up for that free hat. Comment, like, subscribe, like, comment, so ask some questions. We don't need more questions, really. So, <laughs> I mean, okay. if you want to, no, no, it's okay. We need more questions. We would love your questions. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we'll just do like a couple different episodes. Because you guys aren't going to be on week. the next two. Who, yeah. us? Me Luke and me? Jonah are not going to be on the next two. No. Actually, I might not even be here for the other one because I'm looking. What? Where are you guys going? Mexico. Again. Uh, <laughs> Mexico. All right, guys. Thanks. Like, like comments up, peace. Jesus is a friend of mine. This is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine.